This Water News with Steve Baker is supported by Clearwater and Filtration on Rough and Ready Highway, Grass Valley. Well, it's time for Water News with Steve Baker. So, Steve, this weekend was our really second uh, snowy storm of the season, of course, depending on where you live. I'm wondering if December will be giving us more of storms, more storms like this. Well, you know, Paul, this has been an odd year considering both we're in a La Nina condition for California, but also look at the typical starting date of our wet season, what happened this, this past year. Remember September? We had an early rain, and that rain squashed fire season. Fortunately, that was good, a good thing that happened as a result of the rain. Now we're reaching, uh, we're receiving back-to-back atmospheric river storms, and that's uh, bringing us our rains once again. Uh, probably the most promising weather model that the that the uh, uh, weathermen are using is the European model. And predictions suggest the potential for low-pressure systems, which is rain, right, precipitation, to continue coming to California through the end of December. So expect more of the same. That means uh, the wet stuff are probably going to be showing up again as it did this past weekend. Now, what's so interesting about this particular storm is what has simultaneously been happening in the Arctic. I don't know if people will realize this, but there are areas of the Arctic this past weekend that are experiencing record-breaking warming, okay? We're going through a typical winter over here, record-breaking warming up in the Arctic region, certain parts of it, above freezing, okay? This is, this is wintertime, and that's what's happening in the Arctic. And then you find colder, record-breaking snowfalls in places like Anchorage, Alaska. It's like nothing makes sense. You know, last year we had these huge storms, end of December, early January, big snowstorms, old-time snowstorms, like it used to be. And that was it. We didn't have any more for the rest of the winter. Yeah, I mean— I don't know. Variability in weather is typical of California. It's it's more variable than every other of the lower 48 states. But this is going beyond that. So how is all this craziness changing California's largest thirsty farming districts? <laughs> okay. All right. You're talking about the Westland Water District. I think uh, many of us have, have heard about them in the past. They're very controversial. They have been in the past. And they're controversial because Westland Water District, their approach in the, has been through adversarial decision-making. Okay? It's us versus them. And I'm going to win and you're going to lose. It's an old-fashioned way of viewing life and going after life. They've sued the government. They've fought against environmental rules. They've even had huge impacts on congressional committees back in dated uh, 2016. And you know how that works. It's friends in high places. And they exercised uh, their abilities in that, in that uh, manner. So here's the craziness. Westland has voted some new candidates in that prefer to focus on figuring out ways to live with less water. Okay, it's not about, it's not about, it's, it's all mine, you know. I, I don't know about, you're, you come from a Greek background and I've come from the same. I remember an uncle uh, kidding about, uh, you know, when you go to Greece, what's yours, what's mine is mine and what yours is mine too. It was sometimes the attitude. Well, that's what I think the Western Water District was viewed as. And uh, so this, this change on figuring out ways to live with less water is huge for Westland Water District. They're a very conservative organization historically. And now they're razor focused on surviving chronic drought, depleted aquifers, and climate change. So really, this is a very good shift for them. 
Well, it sounds like this may be becoming more innovative by applying a stronger technical expertise. You know, very perceptive. Yes, uh, we uh, want to survive. They want to survive. And, and they know that they'll have less water to achieve their future goals. So, yeah. Now, I met Sarah Wolf. She, at the time, this is back in 2009, I interviewed her for her podcast. And she was the public relations person for Westland Water District. Uh, soon after that, a couple of years after that, she got on the board, uh, a seat on the board back in 2012. And then she tried and tried and tried uh, to move things in a way that would solve problems. Eventually, she, she just resigned in 2018 with some public letter of protest, and it got out there, and it was a big deal. She's a problem solver, and she listens to understand. So... So uh, from where she was coming from, farmers were just up against too much powerful opposition, and she wanted to see cooperation rather than attack against everybody. And, um, and so that was her effort. Now there's another new leader now at the Western Water District, Justin uh, Diner, and his family grows vegetables and almonds in the Western Central Valley. Uh, growers have started to attend more of the district meetings. This is how this transformation got started. And they began challenging the two-year general manager. He had been in there for 22 years. Uh, His name's Tom uh, Birmingham. And they were raising up a whole lot of dust on water issues. And at this point, the general manager, uh, Tom Birmingham, has decided to retire at the end of this month. So his his uh, uh, period of time of, of moving Westland in that very adversarial way is now is now come to a close. So what are they now pursuing? Storing water underground. Okay, what a concept, right? They're on the western side of the Central Valley. It's very difficult to do that. However, Sarah Wolf has one example. She has a, you know, her family has a large farm over there. They're, they've built systems to capture and store the waters that hit on their land, that land, land there, and they are directing those waters to areas that will soak it up and allow percolation of that rainwater into the underlying aquifers. So they're doing exactly what needs to be done now. It makes sense. This, this has some technical basis. Uh, Sarah's created a, a, a group that, that the uh, gentleman, Justin, that I mentioned earlier, was also, is also involved with. They became, the group became involved also with the San Joaquin Valley Water Collaborative Action Program. That was formed in 2020, and you know what that's about. That's about bringing farmers together, with advocates for safe drinking water in marginalized communities, local government, water agencies, environmentalists, they're team players, okay? Very different from the historically what, what the Western Water District has done. You know, this discovery of mine that Western Water District has done so well is almost like a Christmas present. And we are, it is the season, right? So uh, Merry Christmas to you and also happy holidays to everybody else. This is a gift that Western Water District is giving us. It's, it's, it's hope. It's hope that we will do more collaborating and recognize that there are no winners and losers. We're all in it together. And so that's how, that's how things happen. You know, one thing that Sarah Wolf uh, really got right, I believe, is she's uh, been uh, quoted as stating that if you want to make change, get on the board and do something. <laughs> so I would encourage everyone to do the same thing. Thank you, Steve. Managing groundwater is Steve Baker's career in passion, and that has led him into working on all water sources and supplies. This has been another conversation with KVMR's water guy, Steve Baker. You can email him with your questions at water at operationunite.co.